0: You're listening to Brave and Boss, episode six. On this week's episode, I'm going to share some tips on how you can stop freaking out about money. Yes, we're talking all about the money this week. So get that pen and paper ready and let's dig in. Hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again on Brave Embossed, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. If we haven't met before, I'm the founder and CEO of Encircled an ethical fashion brand out of Toronto as well. The host of this podcast as well. I'm a coach uh, for clients as well. I coach in Marie Forleo's B-School program, which starts up very soon, by the way. Um, So if you're interested in that program, definitely head over to marieforleo.com right now and check it out. She's got some great free videos out that um, can teach you a lot, actually. Those videos are great. And I know she puts a lot of um, investment behind those and creates really great free content. So even if you're not ready to invest in her program, um, look at, at those videos, sign up for her updates and get on that mailing list because she drops some serious knowledge for free every single week. All right. So today's episode was really inspired by um, a few things. So one thing I... I typically run into with entrepreneurs um and I've run into it with myself as well I must say is money problems. So not just necessarily money problems like sometimes we've had cash flow issues and and stuff like that but just the the f- freaking out about money. And I think it becomes very common for entrepreneurs to do this because you know when you start your own business um if you're doing it part time, you know, you're side hustling it's like fine, you've got a full-time income, you know, to boost you up and you can put lots of money in the business. And I actually think that's a really great strategy and way to start your business is to start small, start part-time and move into the business full-time. But once you're full-time in the business, um, you really need to take on a bit more of a financial mindset and that doesn't come easily to everyone. Now, as a CEO and founder, you've got a number of things on your plate to do. Um, let alone, you know, look at your financials every single day. And I'm going to tell you that I talk about a little bit in some previous episodes last season about how, um, during one of our highest growth years, uh, we were making serious top line numbers. However, we were not making any money. Isn't that crazy? We were actually losing money. And one of the reasons we were losing money, was because I wasn't paying attention to cash flow. So I'm going to go through seven tips today that you can take with you to help you stop freaking out about money today. All right. So my first one's really around cash flow. So cash flow forecasting is really key. And the first person who kind of brought this to my attention. So for background, I have an MBA in finance degree, but I'm not really a numbers person. Um, I'm definitely more of a strategy person. So I've had to really lean into, um, resources and spreadsheets and stuff like that. Cause I do love analytics, but I just, I'm not that person who just loves to like look at the books and stuff like that. But I've realized it is kind of necessary. Um, so my friend Jamie, who runs a yoga studio, um, this is probably about four, four years ago, showed me her cash flow spreadsheet and it was really easy. She basically just had, you know, income on the left expenses on the right. And she just had a running list of expenses that were coming out at various points in the month. And I started thinking, well, that's like really smart. Like I look at my bank account. I look at how much we're spending on our credit card and I kind of loosely know what we want to do for sales, but I'm not watching it really closely. Because the real difference is that cash flow is truly a much better measure of profit, whereas sales is not. So, I am really into cash flow forecasting. I am going to link to the template that I've essentially modified. Um, it's a blog post from Shopify on cash flow. Um, and I basically copied their template and then made it my own. Um, you can definitely do the same thing too. And basically what I do, and I do it fairly often now, but let's say like as a baseline, you can start out doing this weekly. Um, but I basically go in and I look at Shopify, I think about what we got, got going on, and I look at like what payouts are coming from Shopify in terms of um cash, and then I think about what we've got going on that week and what other money we will make and get paid that week. And then I look at what we have payable this week. So for example, if we have um I know it in circle this week, we have two deliveries of tops coming in. And I know I'm going to have to pay those because we're on cash on delivery with both that vendor. Um, so I'm going to put like whatever that is. I'm just going to say $3,000 under um, cutmate trim costs. And then I know I'm also probably going to do about three grand in Facebook ads this week. And then I know that it's not a payroll week, so that's great. But I also know we pay, you know, freight of about somewhere between... 2500 and 3500 a week so I'm gonna put all those expenses in there and the reason I'm doing that is because I'm trying to get an estimate of how much cash is coming through the business and how quickly we're burning through resources and now by now this might th- sound like actually really stressful for you but it's actually really calming when you can see a week and you're like okay you know we've got this much coming in this much going out and that's like a net net cash flow positive of whatever it is let's say like 10 grand. And then you know that, you know, (laughs) some people would be like, well, I got 10 grand, then I'm going to reinvest it in something else. That's great. But I always advocate making a bit of a safety fund. So this is my next tip. So make a safety fund, make a savings fund for your business. If you don't have a savings account already for your business, definitely have one. I like to have three to six months of operating expenses saved, um, at all times because you never know what's going to happen with e-commerce particularly. Your website could go down. Your suppliers, like, we're in a a market right now where There's, um, you know, coronavirus happening and a lot of suppliers from China are like shutting down. And that is drastically impacting a lot of e-commerce businesses. Um, we don't make apparel in China, but I know our competitor Everlane does. And those packages now are being held at the border. They're being sprayed. They're being quarantined. Like that can really impact your business. So you always kind of have to plan for what's unplanned. And the best way to do that is just by contributing monthly to a fund. So yes, if you have extra cash or profit coming in in a month, I advise you to put it into a safety fund. Cause unless you want to go out and have to raise money every time you run into problems or run up your credit card or a line of credit, um, a safety fund is a really great idea. So in terms of what, how much you should have in there, I talked about three to six months of operating expenses. If you don't know what those are yet, cause you're just starting, um, start by setting aside like maybe like, I don't know, five to 10% of your profit on a monthly basis in there and just see where that takes you. All right. So my next tip is get access to a line of credit. Um, so one of the things I think I did really well before I quit my full-time job when I actually had credit, um, (laughs) <laughs> access to credit. Cause as an entrepreneur, it's a little bit different. Um, was that I got as much credit as possible and definitely you're going to want to link in your, your financial advisor for this, but getting lines of credit as a business, your interest rate is going to be so much higher. Um, you know, especially if you don't have a full time job, if you're not paying yourself out of the business. So what I did was I got all of my balances up on my credit cards, like not spending, but I got them to increase my balance because I had a very high paying corporate job at the time and I secured a line of credit for the business off of um my personal income at the time and you know I've only had to dip into that line of credit a couple of times it's sitting at a zero balance but the interest rate I got on that line of credit is excellent and you would not be able to get it today um and it's because I secured it against my personal income when I was employed full time now having lines of credit open can definitely impact your personal um, banking and credit scores and stuff like that, if you're not paying it down. But if you're just keeping it just in case, that's a great way to stop freaking out about money. Because if you're doing um, e-commerce, there's usually a few days in between when you make a sale and when you get paid. But if you're doing wholesale, you can be net 30, net 90, net 120. Um, very commonly, so you can make product like six months in advance and not get paid for like three, four months. Um, so you may need a line of credit if you're in Canada, there's some resources. Uh, Futurepreneur is one. Um, generally, I just find the bank's not too friendly uh, with uh, entrepreneurs, but there's definitely some programs in your area probably where you can get some line of credit um, after you quit your job, but I definitely recommend getting that in advance. All right. So my next tip is keep your inventory lean. So one thing I think as a huge benefit of being part of an e-commerce business is that you get to uh, run as lean as you want to. When you're doing wholesale, you're producing to somebody else's purchase orders and know that they can cancel those sometimes at any time and basically with no penalty. It's not like you're going to go after like Target and like sue them um, successfully, or it's going to take a lot of money. So there's a lot of risk you take on with wholesale. With e-commerce, for sure you're taking on risk, but you know if you've been in business a couple of years, you generally have a sense of how much inventory you need, and you should be looking at that. So we use an inventory software called Stitch. I don't know. I don't highly recommend it. It's okay. We're so embedded with that software, we've been using it for like almost six years. Um, it's an inventory management software. It gives you lots of reporting on that. But I know that Shopify now has inventory reports, so they can pull stuff that shows like how many. Um, units you have and stuff like that and then you can basically calculate what your average run rate is so that's your average like sales per month or units per month and then do just a rough estimate of how much how much coverage you have. So when I say how much coverage I mean how many months of inventory So let's say that you have um, for simplicity 2,000 units of inventory on hand um, you sell about let's say 500 units a month. So that would just be four months of inventory coverage because you have 500 units per month in sale. You have 2,000 on hand. um, And that's like pretty reasonable depending on your product cost and how much that inventory is worth. At Encircled, we like to stay around three um, times, in between two and three. We're very lucky because producing onshore allows us to turn stuff faster. But keeping your inventory down is not only beneficial to cash flow and to help you stop freaking out about money cuz inventory takes up a lot of cash. Um it's also really good for just um financial health so of your business. You don't want to run too lean where you run out of product and that's a very common problem in the early days of entrepreneurship but you definitely don't want to have like 12 months of inventory and this is something you want to check as a whole. So you want to look at that overall number that I just talked about and you're going to want to look by product because oftentimes we have products in our assortment that are not moving. Um, So maybe they're dragging the average up. So you want to look at those and then think about some strategies to get that product moving. All right. So we've talked about cash flow. We've talked about line of credit. We've talked about um, ke- keeping inventory lean um, and the safety fund. So the next thing I'm going to say is scale slowly. And this is very unpopular advice in the e-commerce world. Um, but if you don't have financial backing, you don't have an angel investor or venture capital, it's very hard in today's market to scale super fast because this market that we're in today... Requires paid customer acquisition. Yes, you can get some organic search results. Yes, you can get some, you know, influencer who picks up your product and loves it and just posts about it for free. But a lot of it requires money, either product as trade or time, your money, or direct money in paid ads. Um, so when you're scaling, you know, it's, Money in, money out. But if you're running like, let's say $40,000 worth of Facebook ads and you're getting, you know, $120,000 in sales, that's great. But what are your other costs associated with that? So you have to be able to pay your bills. That's fundamentally, but scale slowly. So you don't have to start out with this massive collection of like 18 products. Like you can start out with one, one, once product, like, 10 skews, 5 skews, 3 skews um and go from there. When I started in Circled, we had a Chrysalis Cardi in one size in two colors. And as we grew, I added another color, maybe another color, and then eventually maybe like a year later we added another size. Um and then started adding more and more products. And I think that's a really great way to do it because again, it comes back to that piece that we just talked about, but keeping your inventory lean with your sales kind of growing, you got to really watch that number because that will make you freak out about money when you've invested way too much in inventory, way too much in product and some of them aren't working. And also when you're just starting out, you want to figure out what product is selling. If you bring out like 18 products, and then like all of a sudden you realize only one of them is doing really well. The rest of them aren't resonating with your customer. What are you going to do? Like that's a lot of work to get that product moving or redesign it or I don't know what you do with that. So success leaves clues. So let your own products be your own success. So start slow, learn about your product, iterate, continuously make it better, learn what your customer likes from it, launch products off of that and go from there. All right. So my sixth tip is work on your money mindset. And this is one of my goals actually for 2020. Um, because new level, new devil. So every time you level up in your business, you have to continuously work on this. Um, and I've been working on it for seven years, but, um, find some coaches or some groups or some entrepreneurs that you know that are at the same stage as you and have open discussions about money. Because oftentimes, and I talk a lot about this on my personal Instagram at Christy Sumer, but oftentimes, like there's a lot of money shame amongst female entrepreneurs, and women don't want to talk about money. They want to talk about how much they're making, how much they're paying themselves, how much revenue they're doing. But I find like if you can find like just a few people who you can truly confide in, um, it can be really liberating to have that conversation with them and say like, look, um, you know. I did $800,000 last year and my profit was 80,000 and I'm paying myself this. Do you think this is good? Like, what are you doing? And just have those like great conversations because stuff, shame loves the dark. Shame loves people not talking about things and hiding from things. And the more you light you bring to it, the less scary it is. So early on in my business um, career, I got introduced to my friend Jamie, who I mentioned who talked about cashflow forecast. Um, and her and I had, we were in completely different businesses. She's in a service based business. I'm in a product based business, but her and I were about at the same stage of revenue wise in our businesses. And we would just have serious conversations. We'd say like, how much are you spending on an accountant? How much are you doing this? How much are you doing on your top line? How'd your business month go? Like, was it up or down? Like, how much did you gross? And just having somebody else to talk to about that who you trust, especially if you're a solo founder can be really, really comforting. So even if you have a bad month, just bouncing that off of somebody can help bring down that level of anxiousness around money massively. Now, I don't recommend necessarily going out on Instagram and talking about how much money you're making and stuff like that. But find a couple of people you can trust. If you have an advisor or a mentor you can talk to about this stuff, it often will normalize like where you should be at. I'm a big fan of hiring coaches. I've not myself been able to find the right coach. I've done some coaching programs myself, but I'm still looking for that like one-on-one coach. Um, but find people, watch their free content, see if their message resonates, join their Facebook groups. Um, the more conversation you can have around money, the better and then the more comfortable you'll be. Cause a lot of our money stuff comes from childhood and a lot of our childhood money stuff comes from our parents. So it's not even us. Determining these things. It's how our parents behave with money and little things that we picked up. Like, for example, my parents, um, you know, they're both immigrants to Canada and they grew up super, super poor. They lived in rooming houses with like, you know, 10, 12 other families in one room and, um, you know, they worked their way up and became very successful. However, they never let go of that mentality that they, at any point in time, they could be poor again. So I grew up in a very beautiful area of Toronto, but my parents would have me cut coupons. They would have me, um, you know, they would never replace their cars unless they were like completely falling apart. Um, and they always felt like they were poor. And my parents are not poor, but they felt like it because they had this like mentality that like everything they have could be taken away at any moment. Um, and they're used to living in that imprint of their childhood of just not having enough. So nothing was ever enough, you know? So I picked that up for sure because I am super frugal when it comes to, especially my business. Um, I've had to let go a lot of stuff around that because as you scale up your business, you're running a multi million dollar business. You can't be cheap about everything. It's just not good. Um, so work on that money mindset. It is something that sneaks up on you, I will say, especially as you scale, because As you get bigger and bigger, the more money coming in, the more money going out. Hopefully, not proportionately. Hopefully, you're making more money on the top line, but the numbers get bigger. Like I remember when I'd see a purchase order for five hundred dollars, and I'd be like, "That is terrifying! Oh my god! Like, how am I going to pay for that?" Now we have one receipt for a fabric buy; it could be like ten thousand dollars. So yeah, you got to work on that. So I'm a work in progress in that. So I don't have the best resources for that. But if anybody does hit me up at brave and boss, um, I just recommend Googling around. There's some great podcasts that I've listened to on this topic as well. Um, and just find your community online. I think it's a great place or find somebody in person you can trust. All right. My last tip to stop freaking out about money is use pre-orders. So this is something last week's episode, I talked about running a crowdfunding campaign. Um, and that is like the basic genesis of a pre-order. So in a crowdfunding campaign, you are, you know, launching a concept, people are funding it, you're shipping it at a later date, you know, like six months out. Some of those guys like really mess it up. Like I remember watching this campaign of like a future competitor of Christmas Cardi when I first started. Um, and I was looking to see if anybody had a competitive product and they were the closest one, even though it was very, very different. These buttons and it was like, not stretchy and didn't do as much stuff. But I watched them and they launched a crowdfunding campaign and they didn't deliver their product on time. It took them like almost a year to deliver. So that's kind of a pre-order gone wrong, but you can use pre-orders on your own website. And this is a great way to bridge your cash flow and help ease those bills that come in. So we like to release pre-orders on our website for product um, basically as soon as we get out of stock. Um, especially for super, super popular products, because you never want to be out of stock of your best sellers. I talked about this a little bit in the episode this season about how to choose what products to sell. But if you have one skew or a couple skews that are your best sellers, you wanna always be in stock with those. Um Pre-orders, like people pay up front, you ship them later on. We generally don't open them up unless we know we can deliver within three to four weeks max. Three weeks is kind of our sweet spot. So you don't want to open up a pre-order on your website and then ship it six months later. That's going to lead to a really negative customer experience. We have a competitor right now who You know, we get targeted with their Facebook ads and that's literally all that's on their Facebook ads is comments about them not delivering product. Um, because they open up such a long window of pre-orders. It's like eight to 12 weeks, which is just way too long, uh, for a customer to wait and it's never going to be a good experience. So my biggest tip with pre-orders is, you know, pre-order that product. People will start paying for it. They'll invest in it. They'll be excited to have it arrive. Leave a window for like two to three weeks of shipping. Communicate that to your customers on your website, and then stay in touch with them throughout the process. If the timeline changes or if you have updates, you can email them about that. Um, and yeah, it's a great way to bridge your cash flow because then hopefully by the time that product comes in, you know you're paying for that product, you've got the money from the, the the customers, and it all kind of comes out in the wash. And this will help kind of bridge your gap as you start to scale. And then hopefully, you know, it, hopefully you, you do take on investment. I wish more women would, but I also think there's a great way to self-fund at the beginning as well. All right. So those are my seven tips for how to stop freaking out about money. I hope you found something valuable in there. And if you'd love to join the conversation, I'm over at Brave and Boss on Instagram, or you can follow me at Christy Sumer. I'd love to connect with you and learn more about your business. So come on over and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.